the birth chart is a way of unpacking who you are. And I think astrology is who we are on autopilot. If you can learn like, okay, here are the strengths and weaknesses of what I naturally do, then you can begin to shapeshift. Hello and welcome to season three of Fuck Yeah, the podcast where we say fuck yeah to pleasure astrology. I am one of your hosts, Sarah, and I am joined by my, gosh, I didn't have, <laughs> I got thrown back in action. My, <laughs> yes, my eager, equally excited co-host, Robin. Hello. I'm so excited that we're back for season three. This is very yeah, cool. Me too. I'm also getting over a big illness, so I feel back in action in multiple ways. And I'm glad that the illness happened while we were on break because I was actually able to take some time and everything. But I'm so excited for this episode and just to start getting down to business and releasing episodes. I love doing this so much. I miss it. So fuck yeah to being back. Yeah, same. I mean, that is definitely my fuck yeah right now too. Being back in the swing of things, kicking off a new season. I I really like the direction that we're heading in this season. Was there anything um, over the break that gave you a fuck yeah? Let's see. Well, I mean, you gave me a fuck yeah twice. And I just, oh, and I was, I've been meaning to talk to you about it. You yeah, you were fucking my, yeah. <laughs> One of them was, um, so our flag means death came out while we've been on break. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mean, we both love it so much. And I was like freaking out about every episode. I was like, at times being there at midnight when they would post and I just love that fucking show so much and I was so excited to post about it I was like I gotta do something I'm gonna do like every kiss from this show and I started posting and then you're like you know we're on strike still with SAG and everything and I was like oh of course I forgot all about that it was a good thing to point out because I, I didn't even consider that aspect of it but then you said to me something along the lines of but, you know, while you're still obsessed, go ahead and edit them. And then once the strike is over, <laughs> then we can release them. And I just felt very seen that you were like, oh, go yeah. with the energy, use the ADHD for good. And I was like, oh, you didn't see me. And then the other yeah. thing that you did recently was you came and delivered things. I broke a goddamn rib from coughing. That's oh, how much coughing God. I was doing over the break. And you came by with a poultice and some tea from Wild Terra, which I'd never even heard of, but I'm assuming is like an awesome herbalist near you. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. You didn't have to do that. And you said, well, somebody's got to take care of you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my little neglect childhood wound was like, so it was like, it was very healing. So I appreciate how much just on a casual daily basis, like you see me and take care of me. And I really love and appreciate you. So thank you for that. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're going to just exchange um, love both ways then. Um, but quickly, yeah, Wild Terra is the herbal shop over in Highland Park here in Los Angeles, and they are so awesome. And actually, the comfrey root poultice I learned about from Lisan mm. Delise we have on season one fuck yeah to pleasure herbalism mm -hmm. so check that out but you know I feel that so regularly too from you that feeling of being seen and I've been so busy this year mm -hmm. that, like I have been working a lot and doing this while working and having a young child like at times feels like I'm really stretched to the max mm -hmm. and I feel a little edgy sometimes or like you know I get a little protective around time because I'm like I don't have it and I am constantly met with just kindness <laughs> on your side, like you never seem mad at me for not having time. And it just, it allows me to kind of take the self-criticism down one notch yeah. because I think I have this idea that if I don't show up 200%, mm -hmm. the thing is going to be taken away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to be doing it right or doing it well. And you just relieve that for me so much by just holding space and being so gracious and I really appreciate it we're the best thank you this is great <laughs> I love it so much yeah you work too hard I'm always I'm always upset about work, so yay yeah I think I think coming up soon I might be able to ease up a little I hope bit so. which will be I nice. can't wait well we are this is what happens when we don't get to talk to each other for an hour every yeah. week is we just have to like I guess gush all over each Gushed. other for a second. So thank yeah. you for your patience as we gush on each other. And you had the best idea this episode. Yes. I am so excited for. Do you want to tell what we're doing? Yeah. So, okay. I'm a classic hobbyist astrologer in the sense that I like to act like I know a lot about astrology. But in fact, I just love it and find it so fascinating. And I was thinking it would be really fun for us to have our charts read. Yes. And then do an episode about it and learn about the synchronicities and also the astrology around the podcast itself. Yeah. So we have Santos joining us today he read both of our charts separately. I cried. And we're going to... I, I, I was mean, crying. It was great. I was... I've never had my chart done. I just know like, yeah, I'm a Leo. Turns out I'm a Leo four times over. I have, yeah. I have four planets in Leo. And he was like, you understand Leo. And he's like, and now it's time to work on other things. And I was like, oh, but I really like doing Leo. I just want to do Leo. If I'm a master, yeah. can I just keep doing it? And he's like, that's not how karma works. And I was like, Gah. but he brought up some things that like he told me about my childhood. You know, I was shocked. I was really surprised by that in my chart, too, because I didn't realize that certain, you know, 
depending on where certain things fall in the houses, so the 12 houses, I think, it's sort of a roadmap of where you started, like what Mm -hmm. kind of um, destiny you incarnated into. And then the North Node, which I, I knew about, but I didn't know a lot about my North Node specifically, is sort of where you're heading. So like, this is sort of the stuff that you got born into that you've got to work through. And then your ultimate path of development is to head in the direction of your North node. And first of all, it did not surprise me that you have four, (laughs) (laughs) four planets in Leo, but I was really surprised by some of the call outs that he made about my early experiences that have shaped me. And like, we talked a little bit about my relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. I mean, today he's going to share with us kind of about the energy of the podcast, but also for us to talk about some of the synchronicities of our charts, because I don't think it is a coincidence Mm -hmm. that we work well together. And this is the thing that I love about astrology is that there are just those things that you're like, whoa, that actually that explains a lot. Yeah, I I think for me, it's like I'm not like a non-believer, but I'm not like a believer. It's the same thing like with tarot where I am constantly amazed at what tarot cards will tell me. But I think I'm also kind of like in a permanent existential crisis about space and which has a lot to do with astrology and everything. But I and I mean, like space, like outer space, where like just that we're hurtling through the nothingness and everything just drives me crazy. And everything with that seems so huge that it's hard for me to conceptualize that the universe touches on me directly in such a specific way. But every time I do tarot and I've never done the astrology stuff before, it gave me that tarot feeling where I was like, Either this is true or this is an excellent conduit for understanding myself and understanding the world. And I was literally crying in our session because he told me what my childhood was like and then asked me if that resonated. And it was just so I have Pluto as my ascendant thing. So Pluto was on the horizon when I was born and he told me all about what that means. It's like the underworld or some shit in that basically there's a a shadow over the world that I was born into. Like you're born into chaos. Yes, the chaos. So he was like, you are this because he said I mastered Pisces and Leo and that it's Mm -hmm. all about this like self-expression and creativity and feeling the feelings and deep spirituality and being connected. And he's like, but then you were born into this chaotic environment that really dimmed your light in a way, you know? And I was like, (laughs) you know, and I feel like I'm just starting to like really emerge from that. And the symbol for Pluto really struck me. And I actually put it on our new logo because so if you don't know, imagine the symbol for woman um, of the circle with the little cross below it, except the top circle is only half filled. And then there's a little circle inside of that. And to me, that's how I feel symbol when I see that symbol, I feel like a, a little person sitting inside this woman body, 
you know, (laughs) which I know has nothing to do with, you know, what Pluto means. But I was just like, I, I don't know, I'm resonating with the dark underworld. I'm resonating with this. I feel like a little person driving this lady body, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that for you. And for me, like my thing that I've pulled out is whenever someone, an astrologer says something interesting is happening with Venus, I'm like, okay, I know that that's my planet that I really want to connect with. It's the only feminine or the only planet that's attributed with feminine attributes. And it's the pleasure and wealth and abundance. I mean, Jupiter is, I think, truly the abundance, like expansion planet. But when uh, I know what's happening with Venus, I'm like, oh, that guides my magic or ways that I'm going to spend some intentional time just kind of tapping into the universe. Mm-hmm. Like you, it sounds like maybe have some Pluto work to do or at least like you can start. You might just notice that it starts showing up in some different places. I will say it's always been my favorite planet. I even have a shirt yeah. that says Pluto, you'll always be a planet to me. You know? Oh, <laughs> because oh, that's when it got demoted. See, you just like <laughs> you just knew it. I love that. No, I was even asking him, I was like, is this why I'm so gothy? And he yeah. was like, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He has a podcast called Astro Daddy, which I just think is so great. You know, he does pleasure astrology. He's also kind of hooked into Venus and you can see that through his platform. He also has been trained as an ayahuasca Mm -hmm. shaman. And I think that that journey and where his work is headed is a lot about shadow work. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's so in line with the energy of Pluto. Yeah. And I, I think that that was some stuff that I started connecting with fairly recently, like in my journey. It's been something that's been so scary for me to kind of look at the shadow side of things. I think it goes into this idea of like perfectionism mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I really like that he brings that, you know, kind of high vibration stuff, but also that comfort in the spaces of like, but also the shadow has a lot to teach us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The shadow, I mean, it's really a lot of self-acceptance of like the reality of the self, the actual dirty, nasty reality. (laughs) Not nasty, but yeah, 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 yeah. Something that I think came out of my session, I mean, there were a lot of takeaways that I really liked, but one thing, a call out that happen early in the session is my north node is in cancer mm-hmm. and he got really excited when he found out I'm in a relationship with a cancer mm-hmm. he's like this is so good for you <laughs> because I guess like part of my journey is getting more gentle mm-hmm. and softening to care and those kinds of things so that was really sweet I appreciated that a lot there were some things also called out around Taurus which is what Mm -hmm. Ruby is and just like it's positioning in my chart which made a lot of sense like some of the ways in which I think that Ruby is my teacher Mm -hmm. 
And I'm so curious to see how she, I mean, she's such a Taurus, <laughs> which I think a lot of people think of as just like stubbornness is like the initial thing that is usually associated with Taurus. But Taurus is also the sign that is like loves the earthly pleasures, mm-hmm. can be a little gluttonous and can really just like enjoy and be comfortable with wealth. In relationship to the podcast in particular, I have seen us in this moment of like, you know, you put a lot of stuff out there Mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the flywheel to get going. And I kind of think that we're in that moment right now. Like we're right at the precipice where we're starting to find our audience Mm -hmm. There's starting to be flow and that it's like a really great time for both you and I to be working through our somewhat challenging relationship with worth. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And wealth and prosperity and all of those things. And so it's just like, it's really nice timing that we're doing this. Yes, 100%. I'm very excited. Yeah. It looks like he's here. Should we go and talk to him? Hello, Santos. Welcome to the Fuck Yeah podcast. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) We're going to ask you a few warm-up questions before we get down into the meat. I'm so excited for this episode. Okay. (laughs) But first, we like to warm you up. So what is inspiring you right now? What do you, what, a, a thing or a person or what's like giving you inspiration? So I know we were talking about this before we started the recording, but I just finished my 12-week shadow work course. And oh my um, God. I, I, I've been writing this course, creating it over the last few weeks, and I've just been diving so deep into Carl Jung, Sigmund Freud, Jacques Lacan, like going ham on these psychoanalytic theories. And so I'm, I'm deep in the shadow work stuff right now. I love that. Did it just reading about it forcing you to get into your own shadow more than you expected from just reviewing the information and organizing Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the biggest shadows too that that's been coming up for me is the shadow of rage and anger. Mm-hmm. And so I just finished my ayahuasca shamanism training in Peru over this past summer and I fasted for like 2 months while I was in the Peruvian jungle, like 15 days in a row and then 29 days in a row. Wait, wait, wait. When you're saying fasting, what do you, what is that? I mean, mean? no food. I literally only drank water or electrolytes. (laughs) For 15 days? For 15 days in the first half and then 29 days in the second half. What? So so when we're talking about the shadow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I was also 55 pounds heavier, so I had enough fat on my body to do it. But, you know, thinking about shadow work and like, one of the things that came up for me was that I've repressed anger and rage my whole life. And that's also mm-hmm. a major part of our sexuality too, is our, our, mm-hmm. our anger, that Mars energy in your birth chart. It's linked to desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And anger is protection. Totally. Such a good time of year to be doing shadow work too. It's very seasonally aligned. Oh yeah. To be going into those depths right now. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. You know, my own like kind of theory of astrology is that there are four underworld signs of the Zodiac and it starts with Libra season, which is like 
begins September 22nd. So it's just as we're entering that kind of fall time. And now we're in Scorpio season, all the leaves falling mm. off the tree. Scorpio is the underworld of the human body where we see the genitals, the sex organs, mm-hmm. where that desire really stems from. So if we're going to do shadow work, a lot of shadow work might be really difficult, but it's also very sexy. There's this idea mm-hmm. of accessing the shadow. There's unconscious desire that's not tapped into or there's repression or or things about ourselves like the difference between the person you want to be and the person you are that's what shadow Mm -hmm. works for it's to help you become the person you want to be I feel like you could just drop in the word kink instead of shadow work and it all is true you know I feel like kink is not always but it can be like the shadow side of sexuality and everything and that's all interconnected with darkness and pain and all of that. That's really Absolutely. interesting. So in my program, I actually teach, have you guys heard of Carolyn Elliott's book, Existential Kink? No. no. Okay. So <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my God, that sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> Great shadow work tool. Um, but the existential kink is basically the idea of like when we have shadows, there's something about them that's like desirable. Like we kind of have a mm-hmm. kink, like Let's say your mom was really mean to you as a child, and then you're attracted to these women who are like super dominant mm-hmm. and kind of scary sometimes. You got an existential kink for this intense energy. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, oh I, I teach existential kink in week eight of my shadow work course. So right right in line with all of that. Oh, <laughs> oh my cool. God. I'm going to just going to be the name of my memoirs. That's so great. <laughs> Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, that is such a good question. I think, let's see, I started watching porn when I was 11 years old. Wow. <laughs> and I know, I had a computer Do in Do you my remember room. the first one? Um, it was just pictures of dudes on cult.com. Was so, it the slow download where you get a line at a time? Well, I'm trying were... to gauge your age. How old are you? Because <laughs> that's how old I am. <laughs> I'm 30. Um, oh, okay. You know, so, you, so you probably, you didn't have AOL porn. <laughs> I do remember AOL, but I wasn't watching porn when I was, you know, that young. But <laughs> thinking about it, look, it was just started off by looking at the dudes on cult.com with their hairy chest mm-hmm. and their beefy muscles and their big dicks and all of those things. And I remember really starting to there was two of them gerard butler oh uh, what a man i know that's a man man he's a scorpio which gerard butler are we talking about is this like oh phantom of the opera (gasps) oh you are so gay i know oh my god oh my god i was in middle school when i saw that and i was like oh my god like this man (laughs) yeah he can sing he's got kind of a a really great masculine sexuality Jawline for days yeah for real not that you can see it as much with the mask and the phantom of the opera but right <laughs> and then so the great. other one it's that actor who played streetcar named desire marlon brando oh, oh. yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah I'm those are think, like types i can see that connection yeah, yeah. The, the masculine kind of sexual yeah. go after what you want archetype like that to me is really mm-hmm. hot mm. yeah yeah, and I can see how that fits into the cult guys too as well. Yeah, yeah, kind of going after cut, cut it, from the same cloth. I guess so. I got a type. <laughs> I guess my type is super attractive men. <laughs> super attractive masculine men who maybe yeah. aren't the best at expressing their emotions. That's the best. <laughs> That's why I do shadow work. Scorpio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your first mode of masturbation? Oh, so. When I was seven years old was when I started masturbating. 
Mm-hmm. And I I was in the bathtub. I'm actually at my childhood home right now. So it's like less than 15 feet away from me where this origin story is coming from. And uh, I just remember sliding up and down on the bathroom, like on the tub, on my belly. And then like my dick got hard and then it just felt good. And then I kept doing it. And and then you achieve a state of orgasm. But at seven years old, the human body has not developed the ability to produce semen. So I just started doing this behavior and then it moved from the bathtub to doing it in, you know, in my room. Then I just became kind of freaky and like was masturbating all the time and I remember at 11 years old the first time I ever saw semen was when I was like getting nasty with a balloon that I had blown up and it got to the all right, point what of, does that mean get it what were I was you dry specifically a balloon. doing to the I was, I was dry yeah. so it's a blown up balloon right so you were okay did you have it, any lubricant or were you uh, making your own lubricant no I just went ham on it like <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> basically, yes, that's literally, actually, yes. And uh, I just remember the balloon was orange. I was in my basement and, <laughs> and uh, then I got to the point of climax. And for the first time in my life, I saw semen, semen came out of my body. Yeah. And wow. the, the amount of fear that, that oh. struck me. I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And my cousin told me, oh, you only have a limited amount of that stuff. So you better save it or else you won't be able to have kids one day. Oh, cousin. Come I on. God, the stories we tell each other. It's just so the blind fear. leading the blind. I know, right? And well, and like the discovery of pleasure in the human body, yeah. especially as a youth. And then this idea of shame or fear that comes out mm. of it. Um, and then on top of it, I grew up in a conservative Christian, Catholic, Cuban household. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's intense. A, a lot of my journey and of my work is to help people with shame, sexuality, fear, repression, shadow work, all of the things. It's just kind of a good springboard. Yeah. It's very heart led. Well, I will say that having a session with you, it did really feel like you have the capacity to hold space mm-hmm. of all of the complexities and whatever comes up for folks. And I really appreciated that. And I was actually a little surprised at the start of our session because you name it from the beginning, like just yeah. anticipate that you might have big feelings and that's okay. And I'm here for you and I'm ready to hold space for that. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> That's really nice. That is actually very permission giving. I appreciated it. I appreciated it too. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's nice. I'm not going <laughs> to. And then I'm like, say, like 30 minutes later, I'm weeping. <laughs> you know, I'm like. Well, you know, part of being a trauma informed healer is, is um, mm. understanding that complex emotion will come up because although I'm an astrologer, I'm a archetypal astrologer, which means I use the signs of the zodiac, combining it with psychoanalytic theory, psychology, Carl Jung, Jacques Lacan, Freud, etc., to try to get to the root of people's trauma. So Mm -hmm. the birth chart is then a map of how can you achieve your life's destiny and what trauma, what triggers, what behavior is standing in the way, what pattern are you repeating again and again, which if you guys remember from the session, the North node is what you're trying to become. Mm -hmm. South node is what you've mastered Mm -hmm. so much is holding you back. 
It was spot on and felt like therapy. I was shocked at how accurate you're just like telling me about my childhood. And then there was so much space for reflection and to have emotion about it. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a Pisces. So I want to get those emotions. (laughs) Represent. I mean, where do you want to go, Robin? Do we want to talk a little bit about some of the overlaps of our charts or do we want to dive right into the podcast? I think we should do our relationship. Okay. You know, our connection first, because that's what the podcast grows out of and then see what our baby's destiny is. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we should probably just review a little bit about like some of the golden nuggets that you both individually felt Mm -hmm. from your session? Yes. Yes, please. Sarah, if you'd like to. There were a few things that kind of got reframed for me about my chart. I've kind of thought of Virgo as the driving force around my work stuff. And you brought a different perspective to that. In your birth chart, your south node or the karma that you've already mastered is Capricorn. So yeah. you, you've developed becoming so career oriented and resilient and sucking it up and having to do everything on your own that what's out of your comfort <laughs> zone in this lifetime is cancer, developing feelings and intimacy and emotions instead of just working all the time. <laughs> Yeah. And I liked that you brought the community element to cancer. We talked about that a little bit, at least in that journey from South Node to North Node, they they inform each other, right? And so Mm -hmm. this like going it alone, being where you're starting from, and if then where you're headed is cancer, that it also is going to involve other people. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much because I've been involved in a lot of collaborative efforts my whole life, but I have gotten feedback from collaborators of like, but you, you're so comfortable just making decisions on your own that it sometimes is frustrating to the collaborative process because you just sort of go rogue. So like those people that I collaborate with who it comes really naturally to have made those observations. And I feel like I'm only now, I guess, sort of in my midlife at a place of actually being open Mm. to not going it alone. Like at a certain point in my relationship with Andrea, I just said to her, I was like, I have learned that I can do this by myself, but I am choosing to be in relationship because I don't want to anymore. Yeah, I just don't. And I think that, you know, certainly this relationship that Robin and I have is really contributing to that growth, but it does not come naturally to me. (laughs) Yeah. And what's interesting too, so we're talking about this community or world facing or humanitarian effort that you're not supposed to do things on your own that comes mm-hmm. down to that the south node being in the fifth house so the mm-hmm. the place of the birth chart that's the ego and what's interesting for both of you sarah and robin is that you both have a north node in the 11th house south node in the fifth house so the two of you could express this differently but the fifth house is where we see the ego the individual. It's where we individuate ourselves. It's how we stick out from the crowd. And Sarah, the way that you've done it is Capricorn, working really hard and Mm -hmm. doing as much work as possible to try Mm -hmm. to create stability. But your (laughs) destiny in cancer, it's like we need feelings, but it's in the 11th house. You need community. Mm -hmm. You need 
to, to make an impact on a greater picture of the world, to have this ability to feel like you fit in somewhere and you're also making a contribution. Mm-hmm. So the 11th house is community. Well, it's more than just community. It's like global reach, friendships. Okay. It's humanitarian pursuits mm-hmm. and efforts. Connection. Yes. Yeah. Because we can see community from the 11th house, which is an analogy with Aquarius, or the third house, which is an analogy with Gemini. But both of you having that North Node in the 11th house to be doing a podcast and creating like a, a global audience and having people listen from all over the world and, and engaging with you is a good expression of both of your soul's destiny in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a, a major factor of compatibility between the two of you is that your soul paths are aligned. You're meant to be doing similar mm-hmm. things. And so Sarah, for you, it's more about developing your emotions in it. Whereas for you, Robin, we've got that North node in Virgo. Right. <laughs> You're here to develop clean lines, organizational skills, getting the details down, <laughs> you know, cutting out. As, as I literally have curtains behind me so no one can see the enormous mess, <laughs> you know, I'm like, but you know what? The curtains are beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. That's my Leo curtains where you're like. Like you get Leo, like you got Leo mastered and now you got to work on Virgo. And I was like, wow, but I love Oh, and you're like, yeah, obviously, but you got to like also have discernment. I was like, oh, that's, that's the Virgo a nice virtue. way to put it. Discernment. Yeah. 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 And so I'm trying to focus on that of like discernment. I thought it's like one of the best pieces of advice I've had recently is just like you have all this love and creativity and passion, but be discerning about where you put those efforts because mm-hmm. that's, you know, the story of my 20s is not being discerning. Absolutely. I mean, hey, I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about how lopsided my chart was just briefly? Yeah. You had everything on the left. Yeah. And you're like, uh, what, what is it? I have a stellium. Mm-hmm. of leo like yes. i'm a very leo's leo <laughs> more than most i texted that to a couple of people and they're like yeah bitch we know <laughs> <laughs> but the south node in your chart robin we've got pisces and the degree mm-hmm. of your south node is at eight degrees pisces and robin's sun sign in pisces is seven degrees so My. right off the bat the two of you likely know each other from a past life now archetypally the son can represent the father so it's possible sarah that you may have been robin's father in a past life yeah Uh, (laughs) if it's not that exact dynamic we can see mentor guide somebody who's reinforcing the ego in a positive way and mm-hmm. it's very likely like Sarah encouraged you or taught you about Pisces things in a past life. And mm. your soul can't technically grow anymore trying to become like Sarah. So the growth between mm-hmm. the two of you is to actually grow together as equals rather than this mentorship exchange that happened in past lives. I feel like that's what our track has been in this life where Sarah started off as my boss. I mean, we knew each other casually before that and I really even though she's younger than me like at the pleasure chest I was like oh I had like star eyes for Sarah and like whatever you want me to do I'm gonna do it and like all this you know and and so we kind of had that relationship and part of this has been a little bit of an equalizing yeah 100 percent. we didn't come to this thinking that this was going to be bringing us to our higher selves or evolve us necessarily Mm -hmm. but it has a hundred percent this podcast has been an exercise in just 
us learning and growing. I mean, this has been one of the biggest yeah. growth periods in my life. And there's a lot of factors to it, but a big one is this podcast. So it's really interesting. Absolutely. And let me maybe rephrase a little bit because the mm-hmm. South Node in Pisces there, in terms of Sarah's compassion, you can't develop compassion or mm-hmm. Pisces qualities anymore. But Sarah is a Virgo rising. And your North Node mm-hmm. is right on her first house. So you actually both need to learn to become like each other. But that's mm-hmm. where the idea of equals comes in. It's not ba- It's not about necessarily being in relationship to each other because that's easy for you both. Mm-hmm. It's actually developing the strengths of the opposite person. And that's where we see the rise together. But this is one of the alignments when somebody's North Node is on somebody else's first house. It's one of the most compatible things you can see between two people because there's an attraction wow. to the likeness of the other person. Yeah. <sighs> I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, I will say that I do think that the podcast has been a great equalizer where we get to learn from each other and we just get to have a completely different context from how we've done a lot of work together, but this is a a totally different uh, dynamic and arrangement. And it's, I think, so good for us. But Mm -hmm. I do also think that motherhood, parenthood, I'll say, Mm -hmm. was a bit of an equalizer for us too, because there was even a period of time where we weren't working together. And that was just like this point of connection where I feel like I learned a lot from you and that really kept us in community together and kept us close and kind of laid the foundation for us to do this. Maybe parenthood opened up the space for me to realize that you've got to have a village, yeah. like you can't do it on your own. And so that is maybe something that sort of opened that path for me to be more in a learning state rather than like, a, I have to have it all figured out kind of state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we like really support each other a lot as well. You're almost meant to be trading spots with each other mm-hmm. on some mm-hmm. level which this is exactly what the North Node does on the first and the seventh. It's like you're sitting across from each other and then you have to become the other person on some level. So, and this is for your growth and self-actualization. And we both have Chiron in Taurus. Mm-hmm. Is that significant? Is that, what does that mean? Well, Chiron in astrology, it's after the myth of Chiron. He's a centaur and he's this wounded healer who's, he's alive forever, but he has a wound. And he uses that wound to heal other people. So hmm. in astrology, where Chiron falls in your birth chart is where your greatest pain, your most profound pain, can lead to your, inevitably, your most profound healing, the deepest healing. So mm-hmm. it's the wound. When we have Chiron working in Taurus, the virtues that are going to fall under Taurus are going to hurt. There's going to be something painful about it. So mm-hmm. for the two of you sharing this alignment, Taurus's virtues are acceptance and mm-hmm. pleasure, stability, security. And you both have some pretty strong Scorpio mm-hmm. placements in your birth chart, which is the opposite of trauma, intensity, transformation, the the unknown, the unpredictable, the what's inherited from your ancestors or past lives. Mm. So the idea of being comfortable for both of you is incredibly painful. Yeah. <laughs> being able to mm-hmm. exhale or to to drop into sensuality and receive mm-hmm. rather than yeah. sexuality and, and pleasure and, and intensity in that capacity. So I'm curious what you both think about this. 
like the idea of comfort to like just relax and not be working on something is uncomfortable because I think probably both Sarah and I get a lot of our perceived value from working, you know? And so then when you're not doing that, you feel kind of undeserving in a way or like, like you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah. Well, and with Taurus, I mean, another virtue that goes to Taurus is stability. And in mm-hmm. our yeah. modern world, I mean, we, we've gone from the, the tribal way of thinking where stability came from community and having a tribe. Yeah. But now, mm-hmm. you know, age of Aquarius, stability comes from having enough money. Yeah. So those yeah. two things get twisted now. And this idea of being able to provide for yourself and to feel safe and and to actually take pleasure and accept every moment for what it is rather than trying to change it or manipulate it so you can finally relax and get to that place of security. There's mm-hmm. a wound for both of you here. Oh, hundred. I mean, we both had childhoods with single moms moving a lot, like a yeah. lot. And now to be moms, I think like the idea of being able to provide and have a stable environment and everything for our kids is so important, but it has mm-hmm. a lot to do with how little we had of that. And that makes total sense why we have trouble just relaxing. Yeah. yeah. Because, <laughs> fuck, you know, it's like, where is it? Like, where you're set up for it in a way, you know? Yeah. When I look at both of your birth charts, you two have, it's co- called the IC in astrology, or in Latin, that's short for the immum coli. So, this part of the birth chart is responsible for the personal life and the childhood. And mm-hmm. Sarah, yours is in Scorpio, and Robin, yours is in Capricorn. These are the two most challenging signs of the zodiac to have your personal life placement fall under. Because mm-hmm. Scorpio is a sign of trauma, intensity, change, shedding the trauma of your ancestors, elimination, sex, the darkness. And then Robin Capricorn's a sign of resilience, sucking it up, discipline, being <laughs> able to just get through whatever's coming your way, mm-hmm. like turning your feelings off, becoming numb, keeping mm-hmm. the eyes on the prize. Yeah. I'm not sure if I noticed this before, but Sarah, in your birth chart, your south node falls directly on top of Robin's personal life placement. So what mm-hmm. this means is it's likely you two were family in a past life. So I was have, your daddy. <laughs> I would love you to be my daddy. I'm going to start calling you daddy from now on. I'll tell you what. So we have a, a, another nodal contact that's showing that you yeah. two are somehow related. And then the north wow. node goes in your birth chart, Sarah, onto Robin's career placement. So huh. for, for you to be family with Robin is your comfort zone or for you to feel like family with each mm-hmm. other. It's easy. Mm-hmm. For you two to achieve professional goals, make money together, make an impact together, that's what this relationship brings to the table. You have to become like each other based on the other nodal contact we have, but also to create shared resources, assets, business, Mm -hmm. generating wealth, and it's in cancer, so developing feelings. And then the the 11th Mm -hmm. house, emotion, sensitivity, like... There's a very mutually beneficial thing here for for people who are working together, but it's deeper than just chemistry. It's a soul contract. Mm. Wow. So what stands out to you when you look at the podcast charts? Well, it's interesting because the personal life of the podcast is Virgo (laughs) (laughs) and the career sign of the podcast is Pisces. 
<laughs> so, so this is a podcast. I mean, I'm not sure if you two know this, but Pisces is the sign of orgasms. Mm, really? Because so, mm-hmm. each, each sign of the zodiac has a gift that they bring to sex and sexuality. And the act of orgasm, or as the French call it, le petit mont, the little death, <laughs> It's the yeah. idea of, you know, crossing to the other side. And Pisces is the mm. sign that wants to most, you know, merge soul and, and be vulnerable and intimate and connect. Sarah's looking at me like, yeah, I know that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's Leo's offering? Leo's <laughs> offering is performance. You know, they're bringing like <laughs> yeah. gratitude. They're going to let the other person know like, oh, you're just so amazing. Like they really like a theatrical experience when it comes to sex. So big expressions, not afraid to try mm-hmm. toys, not afraid to dress up, role play. It's going to be um, like a like a performance for Leos. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Leos like to amplify things. So the oh bigger, God. the better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've made like full on video accompaniments to sex nights, you know, oh. like I hire people. You know, I'm like, <laughs> Wait, say more about this. I, I mean, you want to talk about theatrical sex? There was one like anniversary or birthday with my partner where I had a, a night at the dungeon of our friend's dungeon. And I made this video accompaniment that he had to watch because he was going to be part of this experiment where there was all these different sex robots. And so there was a video that he had to watch that introduced like all the different robots that he can choose from that are very, very lifelike and everything. But they each do like specific things and they were all me. So I had to like make all of these different wigs, different outfits. Like I have more sex clothes than I do clothes clothes. You know what I mean? I've seen now how much performing I do and how much like creation of value I'm constantly doing. So I am, I, and I crave that deep soul connection, you know, but I don't know how to get it without like tap dancing and doing jazz hands, you know? You know, this is the first time that it has occurred to me that this like pullback that you've done around like giving, performing, really Mm -hmm. putting on the show is a step towards that like Virgo discernment. Not that like you're not going to want to do that again. I think it might feel to you right now like I might never do that again. I think it's going to be more about that you are going to be really picky about Mm -hmm. who, when, where, why, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And what's the thing that I feel good in and like what kind of experience do I want with this very special person that I used a lot of discernment to select? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm tired of giving it away, you know? (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) So yeah, what is it for a professional endeavor to be kind of ruled by Virgo or for that to kind of be the front facing core personality the Virgo rules the personal life of the podcast, not the public image. Okay. So the kind of like the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the mat, like the, the magic sauce, the building blocks is Virgo. What would you say is the front facing characteristics? Well, we've got the midheaven or the career placement in Pisces. And then the rising mm-hmm. sign of the podcast is cancer. Oh, so it's so. a lot of feeling. Yeah. Then there's also a Mars and Gemini tucked into the 12th house. So it's like on the outside, the podcast looks like this emotional exploration of feelings and 
and intuition and spirituality, but then you listen and it's like, oh, we're talking about sex and raunch and kink. Mm-hmm. It's a real mixing of those things together because I think for us, it's like one and the same. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Wow. The North Node of the podcast is in Taurus. And it's interesting because you both mm. have Chiron in Taurus. So not only is the North yes. Node there, but Robin, in your birth chart, you've got Chiron in Taurus at 13 degrees. Sarah, you have it at 18 degrees. The North Node, aka the destiny of the podcast, is 14 degrees Taurus, sandwiched between the two of your <gasps> your greatest pain and your greatest healing. I mean, it is a healing experience. Yeah. And I think we really, I mean, we've said this probably before. I think we thought it was going to be potentially healing for other people in the way that like doing sex ed gives a lot of permission. And then, you know, of course you're like, oh no, the thing that the offering that I have to give to the world is actually the thing that gives back to me heals mm-hmm. me and that's been a really a nice thing to discover in this process can i also make a connection to another episode real quick is that sarah did a embodiment exercise that was suggested by one of our guests from shameless sex amy had suggested that there's this exercise where you you know you're alone and you just get on the floor and you start moving your body and you just see like what comes out and it's kind of like a identifying what your animal or your beast is like your sexual beast and sarah went through the whole process and in the end she ends up texting me i think i'm a flying centaur (gasps) and i'm like that's chiron that's Chiron. It's so interesting. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely yep. Chiron. I feel like I want to spend a little bit of time with that centaur. Mm-hmm. Who's this Pegasus-like centaur figure? I don't have a name, that's for sure. But I would say that there is a little bit more gender fluidity in this creature than I actually, I mean, like I lean so heavily into my femininity and not that sexually I haven't explored some masculine energy, but it's definitely not where I'm comfortable sexually. But I think I am a little bit more comfortable asserting that when I think of my relationship sexually to myself compared Mm. to like how I relate with partners. Yeah. Can I ask you just in your head to ask this being what they need from you or what they want from you? Um, Take a moment, think about it, feel into it. First thing that comes like instantly is strength. I mean, that might be somewhat informed by the fact that I'm really working through an injury right now, but I think that there is a lot of strength in my sexuality but I think that my sexuality has largely been oriented toward, I mean, this is like a classic femme experience, mm-hmm. right? Of the male gaze and the male gaze exists regardless of whether you're queer or not. And sure. so I think that there's a rootedness, I mean, that ability to fly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but while really staying like I just I feel in that centaur body such like a groundedness into the body but while also having flight so like the strength is kind of the not the tension of those two things but the coexistence of those two things of being grounded while also 
being very elevated. And so I think that there's probably something in there about worrying a bit less about the perception of desirability and just Mm -hmm. really letting it be in my deep knowing, if that makes sense. Sounds like power. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like there's it's very it's center is very powerful and yeah. majestic it's like how a horse can be huge but light on their feet mm. and just powerful muscular I mean yeah. they're sexy yeah and that centaur doesn't have to put on like winged eyeliner you know to prove it I do a lot of that I like put on a lot of my gender presentation and my presentability and those kinds of things so I think that there's something about the centaur that it's just like just a fucking sexy beast mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sexy beast. do anything right so it, the idea of a centaur is kind of androgynous when we think of like human and animal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's an androgynous quality to that because it's not one or the other, it's both. So Mm -hmm. the fact that this is coming forward and it's, it doesn't feel particularly one gender or another, it's, there's a part of you in your internal system that actually wants to stand outside of gender, maybe in a non-binary role or even bringing forward that masculine side of yourself more. Mm. I think it's that daddy Daddy, daddy energy from that past life you bring out your daddy certainly I've never really leaned into like a daddy persona but I love this invitation I'm excited to see daddy Sarah yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. I'm just curious if someone really is into astrology like I am and also sure. into kind of expanding their pleasure you know what are the ways that you see people doing that or do you think that there's some great venus worshiping practices the birth chart is a way of unpacking who you are and i think Mm -hmm. astrology is who we are on autopilot if you can learn like okay here are the strengths and weaknesses of what i naturally do then you can begin to shapeshift beyond that. So I even mm. do my shapeshifter program where I teach people all of the signs of the zodiac and how can you become X, Y, and Z more. But you got to understand what do Venus and Mars mean in astrology? There's this quality of Venus that it's based on what you just generally like or what you're attracted to. And then Mars is how do you go get that thing? It can also be like Mm. how we like to love and nurture the people around us. Yeah, that's so interesting. uh, I'd love to know what you have coming up. So I'm currently in the process of figuring out legalization of running my own ayahuasca and plant medicine church. So I just finished my ayahuasca shamanism training in uh, at the end of August this past summer. So I'm officially a shaman. Uh, I'm going to be launching my spiritual life coaching shadow work program called The Medicine of the Shadow, a shamanic shadow odyssey, where I teach people about shadow work through the greats of Carl Jung, Jacques Lacan, Freud, as well as teaching them about shamanism, spiritual techniques, how to listen to your your inner authority in shadow work as well. Mm -hmm. And then I also have, you know, my birth chart readings, astrology, tarot, I do sound healing. I do all sorts of different things. So if anyone's interested, you can always follow me on Instagram at Santos Crystal Visions, or you can check out my podcast called the Astro Daddy Podcast, 
or email me at santosastrology at gmail.com. Oh, thank you so much for this time you've spent with us. And something that I have been trying to remember to do at the end of episodes is pull uh, an affirmation card <gasps> for our guests. Oh, so, oh my God. I'm so um, honored. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, there were two that popped out. What? So you're going to get two. Trust yourself because you are a total badass. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Gay men. Gay men. Gay men. Name of the daddies, then, the sons, the trans affairs. Okay. Amen. The other one is get up, show up, and show the world you're a fucking legend. Nice. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take it. I'd like to be a living legend one day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending this time with us. It's It's been my honor. I just adore both of you. I can't thank you enough for booking sessions with me and, and for having me on your podcast. It's been so fun and enlightening and therapeutic. Sarah, what'd you think? Whoa, it's like so much information to digest all over again. Like I thought I kind of understood my chart and then realizing like, all new things were coming up and like it makes me <laughs> it sounds so silly I want to be an astrologer like I want to have this kind of in-depth knowledge of all of the different houses and then how things are in relation it's mathematical and it appeals to my brain in that way you should take a course or something. I know. I know. I probably should. Yeah. I think yeah. it would be really fun. Maybe I should take Santos's course. Yeah. I mean, that shadow work sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. The shadow work course sounds really interesting. Also, the um, I think that he's got like a three-month program where you meet every week and it's like you really break down each of the signs. So you can go pretty deep with him. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, get a natal chart reading like we did, which was, I mean, I loved it. Yeah. And he spoke with us for an hour yeah. individually about it. And I was lost when he was talking to me at certain points. Like I had never heard the terms North Node, South Node, like all this mm -hmm. stuff. It's really complex. Yes. But it's such a great way to be able to talk about these like big life concepts and you know, generally talking about the things that motivate us and, and things that we can work on. You know what it is? It's kind of like our understanding kink dynamics. Mm -hmm. I, what, what did we call that series? It was understanding and creating meaningful kink dynamics, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. But we talk about the dominant submissive icons. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, if you think of the signs as energies, like iconic energies, mm -hmm. you can play with them or during a certain season, you can explore different aspects of yourself or different endeavors. And yeah, I mean, I just think it's so limitless in terms of how you can explore and incorporate it into your life astrology. It's been really fun. I, I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot and I'm really glad that you're my daddy. It's <laughs> gonna be my nickname for you from now on. It's like, hi, I'm Robin here with Daddy, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love like the idea of you embracing that 
masculine side also. Mm. I mean, like big daddy centaur energy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe this is going to be the trajectory for me as with season three of just uh, letting this kind of marinate and see how it settles in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciated the follow-up questions about the centaur because I hadn't really thought about it much other than being like, that was a really fun exercise that I did. And it was a nice way to like build erotic energy because I have a hard time doing that as consistently with myself as I, Mm -hmm. you know, do with a partner. I just, I mean, always it's been that way for me. So I really liked the exercise for that of like, oh, this was a really nice way to build energy. Yeah. And then didn't think about it much beyond that. Oh, <sighs> this has been really great. Thank you, audience, for indulging us. <laughs> you learned a little bit about astrology and not too much about us. <laughs> <laughs> This is a really fun way to start off season three. And I hope also it gave people kind of a good idea of how Santos approaches astrology and just like even that like turning the table on us and asking questions was there was such a loving touch Mm -hmm. in our session that we had where I just felt really seen. I think that we are certainly leaning into the queer providers and you know queer artists out there and wanting to be promoting their work as much as possible but I also just think Santos is a really damn good astrologer so I hope you all will find him at Santos Crystal Visions on Instagram Astro Daddy podcast as well and we'll have a bunch of info in the show notes too. And you can find us at Fuck yeah Pod on TikTok, Instagram, and Threads. And you can email us at fyapod at gmail.com. And, you know, we are going to try to, we ended last season with a live event. We are going to try to do some more um, activations and those kinds of things. So head on over to fuckyapod.com if you want to get onto our email list. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Leave us a review. Give us some stars. It really helps people to find us because we are headed towards that 11th house north node and really wanting to expand the audience and the community around the show. So thank you for being here with us on this journey. Yeah. Thanks for helping us tickle our nodes and get to where we need to be. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Fuck Yeah Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah Tom Chesson, hashtag my mom, and Robin Jennings. Theme music is by she, her, sir. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, or share with a friend. You can get in touch by emailing us at fyapod at gmail.com or find us online at fuckyapod.com. Thanks for tuning in.